0: The conference is now being recorded.
1: Thank you for joining the latest episode of CIFMA's podcast series. I'm Ken Benson, President and CEO of CIFMA, and I'm joined today by Rob Toomey, CIFMA Managing Director, Associate General Counsel, uh, and Head of CIFMA's Capital Markets Groups, including our Rates and Lending Division. Earlier earlier this uh, fall, five agencies with regulatory oversight of the so-called Volcker Rule uh, provision of the Dodd-Frank Act finalized changes to that rule. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about what some of those changes are, what the Volcker Rule is, what regulators appear to be trying to accomplish, and most importantly, what their impact uh, will be on the U.S. capital markets. So let's get started. Uh, Rob, maybe the best place to start is What exactly is the Volcker Rule, and what did Congress intend when they put it in place?
0: Yeah, thanks, Ken. The basics behind the Volcker Rule, which came out of the post-recession time period and – Congress's Dodd-Frank Act was a restriction on banks engaged in what was called proprietary trading, which was using their own money to make um uh purchases and sales and make short-term profits in the uh, securities markets. But what it wasn't and what banks couldn't do in the past even even before the Volcker rule, it wasn't about trading on deposited depositors' money. Banks couldn't do that up to a, for a very long time. But now the Volcker Rule imposed very clear restrictions on engaging in proprietary trading and making investments in certain kind of structured vehicles that would be other ways of engaging in um, proprietary trading. That was eliminated by statute. And where we've been since The Dodd-Frank Act is implementing those rules and those restrictions and what can and can't be done by regulation. And that's really where we are now.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Congress had been quite explicit uh, over the years, uh, going back to Glass-Steagall and all the way through Mm Gramm-Leach-Bliley and precluding uh, uh, capital markets activity with respect to – Bank deposits or or, right. or or invest you know, consumers' mm-hmm. deposits. Uh, that sometimes gets lost in in the discussion. But uh, you know, interestingly enough, uh, the Volcker Rule did attempt to uh, not while well, trying to ban so-called uh, proprietary trading, as you point out, investment in certain vehicles. Uh, Congress did seek to uh, uh, exempt uh, traditional market making activities and uh, 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 asset liability management mm-hmm. activities and the like. But uh, apparently the regulators felt that uh, the rule that initially came out back in uh, 2000, uh, to, I guess in 2012, I believe, didn't quite get it done. So uh, so what were they trying to accomplish in this revision?
0: Yeah, well, first off, if we go back to the first um, crack at the regulation, and as you mentioned, Congress explicitly in prohibiting prop trading – Permitted certain activities, and those activities, particularly, I'd highlight market making related activities, underwriting activities, and certain hedging activities, for example. They are all, and Congress explicitly um, recognized this in the structure of the statute, uh, important, and it's important that uh, banks and their subsidiaries be allowed to continue with those activities. It's important for our capital markets. It's important for the liquidity and the depth of those capital markets that that activity continue. But that's where the difficulty comes in with the Volcker Rule is recognizing the prohibition on prop trading, but allowing that activity to continue and making the distinctions between the activity that Congress has recognized is beneficial to capital markets and the activity that they have prohibited, in the, specifically the prop trading pieces. And that's what happened in 2012. They, the five agencies attempted to make the distinctions and make it clear, or make it clear anyway, when and where you could do these activities and how you could do these activities. And that proved very difficult and they came up with a series of tests and requirements that made it very difficult for banks to know when they were on the correct side of the line. There was some subjectivity involved in some of the tests that were involved, and banks didn't know where they were, which also made it hard on the supervisors and the regulators to understand you know, how to um, look at this activity and how to look at bank activities to make sure banks were staying on the right side of the line. And as a result, ultimately, that hurt. Some of this, some of the activity in some of these beneficial activities, and particularly in market making, and there were studies done around, um, you know, banks' willingness to intermediate in, say, the corporate bond market, even put out by the Federal Reserve, that recognized there was some pullback that was attributed to some of the complexities and difficulties in structuring the Volcker regulations.
1: And 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 I if I recall correctly, um even some of the uh even some of the authors, even Paul Volcker himself and and some of the rulers uh, other uh, policymakers such as uh uh former uh, Fed Governor Dan Tarullo uh were really quite critical of the way that the rule turned out, that they felt that it was uh too complex uh and and uh, and hard for anyone to follow.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of an important piece, because what happened was after the rule was put in place, the rules were put in place and became effective, um, experience started to show. And, you know, particularly, as you mentioned, Paul Volcker himself said that the rule was overly complex. Um, Governor Tarullo, on his way out of the Federal Reserve, also noted that this would be a, a good time to look at how the rule was structured and whether it was hitting the right spots and whether it needed recalibration. So, yeah, um, key policymakers who have been instrumental in creating, you know, the first iteration of this were recommending a recalibration.
1: And so fast forward to where we are today uh, and the rule that's just been adopted, do these revisions walk back the previous ban on proprietary trading?
0: No, not at all, because as we said at the beginning, the the ban on proprietary trading remains, um, it was uh, on the books, Congress passed uh, as part of Dodd-Frank and hasn't touched that. So what this did was, and I think it's it's key to remember this, what's happened over the last – this process has lasted over 18 months. But what's happened is really a recalibration and a look at the regulatory framework around implementing the Volcker Rule, notwithstanding that, the prohibition on prop trading and the prohibition on investment in certain covered funds still stands.
1: And so, you know, getting into detail, uh, what were the issues that Sithma was engaged in as we went through the notice and comment period?
0: Yeah, and uh, just to give a little history on that, I mean, after the uh, initial uh, Volcker rule regulations were put in place back in 2012 and as they they came into um, you know being uh live and and um, implemented by firms, people over time had looked at them and as we said, there was some concern about the uh, complexity. go back about eighteen months, and the uh, regulatory agencies started to look at the potential for recalibrating and Last year, I think about in June of two thousand and eighteen, the five agencies made an extensive recommendation to recalibrate a number of the concerning provisions in the rule. And um, there was an extensive and a long comment period. A lot of um, entities and in SIFMA included commented and made recommendations around this um this year in august um the regulatory agencies finalized a portion of what they proposed last year particularly focused on the prop trading side of the volcker rule and what they did was they um uh, finalized a number of the provisions they recommended we think those provisions that were finalized really help and move the rule back towards less complexity, um, a clearer mandate on how firms should comply, and uh, on the other side, how the supervisors can um, see if firms are complying in the prop trading area. there were some provisions that were proposed that and particularly and folks may have heard of the so called accounting test that could have expanded the volcker rule way beyond what it its um, statutory Um, prohibition, and that wasn't included. But what was included was, as I said, an easing of some of the complexity, some of the overall compliance burden, and provided a little more clarity around some of the um, definitional concepts.
1: You know, there's been a lot of discussion around the rule and uh, this, this new rule or, or amended rule, and uh, you know, notwithstanding the fact, as you stated, you know, the ban on proprietary trading is a statutory ban that that uh, rule writers uh, are, don't have the authority to uh, to impede because that's a, that's a matter of law. Um, uh, and but as you said, trying to make it uh, more clear, uh, uh, more straightforward. But isn't it also true that underlying all of this is a, a very uh, robust anti-evasion uh, provision that you know r- whether or not uh, a regulator um, feels that uh, uh, someone is trying to comply with the law, they clearly have a lot of authority through the anti-evasion uh, provision to uh, uh, to seek out uh, so-called bad actors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That remains true. It was remaining. It was in the um, the earlier iteration of the Volcker rule. It remains in there. And also, as well, the supervisors and the regulators have uh, uh, particular insight through their supervisory process into the activities of the vo- of, of the. the the banks and the institutions under the Volcker Rule, and then the Volcker Rule itself recognizes this, and it um, incorporates in there some, you know, back and forth between the supervisors about certain activities, some questions, and certainly the firms themselves need to supply the, on an ongoing basis, um, the regulators with extensive metrics and and, um, background material on their activities to make sure that, um, again, they're not crossing any of the impermissible lines and as you say as a backup the supervisors and the regulators certainly have an anti-evasion um power as well.
1: You mentioned that this that, that this final rule dealt primarily with uh with proprietary trading and uh and and some of the metrics around that uh but what about the fund side what are are we to expect a future proposed rule with respect to what uh types of investments uh uh, uh banks uh, uh, may engage in?
0: Yeah, that's really the next step in the whole Volcker process. Going back a year, as I mentioned, the the agencies did make a proposal, and they did address in their proposal all the provisions, both the prop trading and the covered fund side of the the Volcker rule. However, they didn't make any real hard proposals around changes to the covered fund sections of the rule. They asked a series of questions, and we and others, and SIFMA made some I would say, pretty granular recommendations around the covered funds provisions. But when the regulators moved to finalize the prop trading provisions, they they just mentioned more to come, meaning we can expect a proposed rule on what they want to do with the covered funds side of things, and that could come as soon as, I would suspect by the end of this year, maybe early next year. And then obviously there'd be notice and comment and further discussion around what's there. What we'd like to see is. Um, some clarification certainly around some key areas in covered funds, some definitional clarification, particularly around some securitization vehicles, some uh, foreign private funds, foreign public funds. Um, I think that would be important to get definitional clarification as well as a different, some, some additional exclusions from the definition of covered funds uh, for certain vehicles that we don't think represent um, proprietary trading um, at all.
1: Well, uh, more to come, obviously, on that. Uh, so uh, thank you, Rob, uh, for those insights. And uh, to learn more about uh, SIFMA's work around the Volcker Rule, our views on that, as well as the other work that SIFMA does to promote effective and resilient capital markets, please visit us at org. And thank you. Thank you.